Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, a few, a few weeks ago, you all got to hear from Aaron. Pastor had Brother Jared Hilton take over, and he said, you hear from Aaron tonight. And I, after service, went to Brother Jerry Hilton, and I said, mm-hmm, because I knew I was going to be preaching. I said, well, you heard from Aaron tonight. That next week, you're going to hear from Balaam's donkey. <laughs> so here we go. Hallelujah, hallelujah. One thing we got to understand is what our goal is in this life. We ask everybody as far as spiritually, what's your goal? I hope that response would be to go to heaven. That's my goal. It's always been my goal. I want to make heaven my home. And uh, growing up and spending time with different friends and different family members, there'd be opportunities for me to maybe take them aside and get their take on, hey, how's a person saved? And talk about some wacky things. But brother, I didn't know. See, no, heaven forbid I'd open the Bible. No, I'm going to go to my buddy and ask him, hey, man, how does a person save? And like I said, there was some responses that I look back on them now and I think, Lord, you are kind to me. You are kind to me. But I want, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I'm not playing games. Uh, unfortunately, people pay, uh, spend more time researching what car to buy. They'll get on the internet and they'll figure out miles per gallon and the and the and how reliable they are and all, all this other stuff. But when it comes to salvation, they'll just plop themselves down on a pew and just take for granted whatever they're hearing. That car's going to wear out, brother, and they're going to be looking again for another one another five years from now and still be paying on the one they just bought. But we're fixing to get out of this world, whether it be by the rapture or we quit, we quit breathing. So where are we going to spend eternity? And where are we going to get that information to let us to know how to be saved? You're going to find it right here. You're going to find it right here in God's Word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So I want to talk to you tonight. My title of my message tonight is Newness of Life. And if you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 6, we'll begin in verse 1. Again, I want to thank everyone for being here. I want to thank our guests for being here. They're friends of Brother Mike Findell and I'm glad we got some more people to help keep an eye on him. Hallelujah. Brother Mike, bring some more friends. Hallelujah. The more, the more friends you got, brother, the more easy I feel. Hallelujah. Y'all laugh. I'm the one that brings him to church and takes him home. <laughs> no, Brother Mike is a good guy. 
Hallelujah. He's an awesome guy. Hallelujah. I love that guy. We have some, we have some good conversations. Thank you, Lord. Romans chapter 6, beginning of verse 1. <clears throat> what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Even so we also, even so we also, we also, also us, us, also us should walk in newness of life. Verse 5, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. That's our goal. That's our goal. That's our goal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 6, knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him. Let that sink in a minute. That the old man, the carnal man, is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For, thee that, for he that is dead is free, is freed. From sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Oh, that's my goal tonight. Let's pray. Lord, God, you know, you know, I'm just sitting here tonight. God, use me, whatever you want to say in this house here tonight, God, that your will, your purpose be accomplished in this house here tonight, God. Oh, Lord, I want your will done, God. I want your purpose accomplished. God, I step out of the way and let you have your way in this house here tonight, God. Oh, yes, God. Bind us together, Lord. Open our understanding. Let your anointing fill this house here tonight, God. Let understanding, revelation fill this house here tonight, God. Oh, God. We love you, Lord. We give you the praise tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. I want to remind you of the discussion that we had earlier before I read my scripture. Is our goal. Our goal is to make heaven our home. But you can drive the streets of Olathe, Gardner, Lenexa, Chicago, Nantucket, anywhere, and you'll see different churches. Church of Christ, you'll see Catholic Church, you'll see different denominal churches. And I can remember before I got the revelation of what I spoke of earlier, I can remember Brother Kaiser driving and looking at these edifices there in my little small town and thinking, I wonder if they have the answer. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. I can remember times when I would be in my home and I'd look over on my nightstand and there would be my Bible on the nightstand and I would feel that tug to read the word and I'd run over there and I'd grab it and I'd begin to open it up. I didn't, brother, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just, I was hungry for, for him and I was, I felt that drawing, brother Kaiser, I just felt like, you know, and I would read about 10, 15 minutes and I would feel, I would feel the, the, a relief a little bit just knowing that I had read his word, but over time that relief went away because I didn't have that change. In my life. Paul's writing to the church. In that scripture we just wrote, read in Rome. Was addressing an essential element. In successful living as a Christian. He refers to how a person is to walk. In newness of life. And he points out that one must. First die. First die. First die. To live this life. And by that he makes this statement. Planted together in the likeness of his death. I think possibly Paul was remembering a statement made by the Lord concerning his crucifixion in which we read in John chapter 12 verses 23 through 25. And he says, And Jesus answering them, saying, The hour come, and now the Son of Man shall be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it bideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If you read that, you think, hateth his, the man that hateth his life, why would he hate his life? Well, that word hateth there actually means love less. Love less. Sadly, we have people that profess to be a Christian, but they still live in the same old lifestyle. They're still smoking, still drinking, still cussing, still doing the same old thing that they were doing before. But yet, when you sit down with them and begin to talk, they say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. And I look at them and I think to myself and I start try to try to talk to them and sometimes they're receptive and sometimes they're not. But this word that I read to you tonight in, in Romans lets us to know that there's a new life that you're going to walk in, Brother Goff. A new life that you're going to walk in. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter's admonishing the saints that they're to endure trials and temptations that have befallen them and even reminds them of the awesome revelation of this salvation that they've received. That the prophets had inquired and searched diligently to know. And follows up in verse 13. Says, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. What's that mean? Gird up the loins of your mind. That means bring your mind into captivity. Get your mind focused. He says, goes on to say, be sober. This is serious business. And hope to end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. But as he which has called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. 
We're not to fashion our lives after our former lives. Brother Goff. I knew, Brother Jerry, I knew even in my sinful condition, I knew when that time, when I finally would be able to find the true salvation, I knew that there was going to have to be a change made in the way I conducted my life. I knew that. I knew my cussing was gone. I knew my drinking was gone. I knew my dipping snuff was gone. I knew there was going to be a change in my life. Hallelujah. And the word declares in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. I want to read it to you in the New Living Translation. It says, Therefore come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. And don't touch, touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. Come out from among them. In order to live that new life, you've got to come out from among the worldly life and live that new life. You've got to talk different. You've got to walk different. And he says, come out from among the unbelievers and separate yourselves from them. Does that mean that we huddle up in our houses, Brother Goff, and we pull the shades and we wait for Jesus to come. No, that means that when we are out there in the world, we are to be among them and help them to see this truth. We are to help them to see what we've seen. We are to help them see what we've seen. Hallelujah. Remember what Paul said in Romans 6 and 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. That phrase, we should, lets us to know that there's a possibility that we'll not walk in that newness of life. We should. You don't have to. But if you're going to do this correctly... We should. My dad, he come to me and says, Son, you should be at the restaurant at 5.30 in the morning because I need you to go to work. I had the option not to go. But I knew if I didn't, I couldn't go anywhere else. Because dad take care of me. That should lets us to know that there's a possibility that we'll not walk in that newness of life. We're not forced to do it. You don't have to. Hallelujah. But we should. We should. Thayer's definition of the word walk means to walk, to make one's way, progress, to make due use of opportunities. It means to live, to regulate one's life, to conduct one's life. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man, any man, any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Talking about newness of life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We live in a world that believes that all a person has to do is believe on the Lord and you're saved and then continue to live the same old lifestyle they did before. It's like trying to live one's life in a grave. Romans 6 and 4, again, I want to read it to you. Therefore, we're buried with him 
by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead and the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. There's nothing in that grave that's going to benefit me, Brother Goff. When the old John Nelson was buried in baptism, I knew that that lifestyle I came from didn't hold any value that I needed on this side. Now I'm a new creature. Now all things have become new. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Paul clear. Paul is clear in his passage when we read in Romans 6 and 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How can you live somewhere that's dead? Hallelujah, hallelujah. James 1 and 15 says, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it's finished bringeth forth death. I'm telling you, the only thing you're going to get when when you're messing with sin is death. Young people, I'm telling you, all you're going to get when you mess with sin is death. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's kind of like going to the dentist. If all you eat is candy all the time, guess what the dentist might be telling you when you go in the chair? You got some cavities. I guarantee you, all you eat is candy, you're going to get cavities. All you do is mess, if you mess with sin, it may look good at first. But eventually it's going to wind up in death. It's going to wind up in death. Mm. In Paul's letter to the church in Colossae, he admonishes them that they were to mortify your members which are upon the earth. In Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 10 it says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affections on things above and not things on the earth. Verse 3 goes on to say, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh unto the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time which ye live in them, when ye lived in them. That's where I was. That's where I was. But verse 8 says, but now, but now, hey, but now. But now, you also put off these things. Wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man in his deeds. And have put on the new man. Which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. I'm telling you, there's no other life like living for him. Hey. Hey, when you're in that grave, brother, and you're looking out of it, and you see, all you see is the, the, the hair length, and, the, and you can't do this, and you can't do that, and you, your buddies, you all get together, and you talk about all the things that those Pentecostal people do and how weird it is. It looks like, man, that's bondage. And it did to me, Brother Goff. But when I finally made my way, 
to an altar and repented of my sins. Got filled with the Holy Ghost and then got baptized. When I got the Holy Ghost, I understood. And Brother Jerry, it was kind of like in the Bible where you read about the, the, the merchant man that, that, that found that pearl of great price. Or the man that found that treasure in a field. Sold all that he had and bought it because he knew what was in that field. That's what I, man, when I got the revelation, Sister Reba, I couldn't wait. I was like, what, what, what do you want me to do, God? You just name it, I'll do it. Remember a time, Brother Goff, I used to, I've told this story before, but I feel to tell it again about the time when I lived in Anthony that I used to DJ dances there in my dad's supper club. So I had, oh, I had a bunch of albums, which you young people probably, you might know a little bit more about what they are now, but they were big round discs, and that's the only way that we really knew we could listen to music other than cassette tapes, but I would DJ dances, so I had a bunch of albums, brother, and I had them in my house, and I got into church, and I still had them, still, and I had, in my mind, I thought, well, I'm going to take them to Wichita, and I'm going to sell them, and I'll give the money to the church. Sound logical to me. And it was a church service, and, and the preacher preached, and he wasn't even preaching on music or anything along that line, Brother Goff. And the, my pastor got up, and he dismissed service, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me, and he said, don't shake anybody's hand, get in your rig, go home, get those albums, load them up, and take them to your dad's dumpster. See, I was walking in newness of life. And there were some old things that were still in my house that possibly could be a stumbling block. And, and God knew, you know, he knows, yeah, he's got good intentions, but... Whether he's going to make it to Wichita and get rid of them, that's something to be said. But I do know his dad has a dumpster at the restaurant that would fit perfect for them albums. So you get yourself home, you get them loaded up, and you get them in the trash. So I did. I turned right around, got in my little S10 Jimmy four-wheel drive. Yeah. And I only lived two blocks from the church while I was driving to church. Ah, we won't go there. But I pulled up in my back drive, man. I pulled up to the garage and opened up the back and walked into my house and opened up the cupboards where all them albums were. And Sister Amanda, I grabbed the first box and pulled them out. And I felt the Holy Ghost. And I took it and I put it in my truck, bro. And man, I just, the, just, just the, 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 the hair on the back of my neck was standing up, and I was just feeling those tingling. I said, let's get the next box. And I ran and got the next box, and there was seven boxes full of albums. I don't know how much money. And I drove that to my dad's restaurant, pulled in the back, Open up the dumpster. Threw them in the dumpster. I was part of the old man. Didn't have no use for it no more. Therefore, put on the new man. Put on the new man. Just because you put him on once don't mean he'll stay. 
So, but you've got to be sober. You've got to be, you've got to be diligent. Because your adversary is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He'll, he'll come and he'll saddle up next to you and he'll give you excuses to keep a hold of things that you, sh- Woo, that you shouldn't. Or maybe you go into websites or maybe some things, some apps on your phone that's a little bit... Mm, If you look at something on your phone that you wouldn't want, if you looked over and Jesus was sitting next to you, if it make you feel uncomfortable, you shouldn't be looking at it. You're a new man. You're not the former man. You see, what you've got to understand is the old man is, is still trying to get out of that grave. He's still trying to climb out of that thing and try, try to get his space back, trying to get his place back in your life and, and rule in your life again. But you're walking in newness of life. You're, you're a new creature in Him. So I want to admonish all of us, but I want to stop a minute and I want to re- just concentrate on you younger people here. You guys got a lot of things getting thrown at you. A lot of things. You need to be diligent. You need to be prayerful. Oh, well, mom and dad will never see it. Red flag. Oh, it doesn't matter. It won't hurt anything. This video game ain't that bad. You're a new creature. You guys got the Holy Ghost, man. You're a new creature, Brother Brody. You're not the same as you was, bro. You're new. And I've watched you since then. And you're not the same boy you was before. You wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. Dad. <laughs> He's looking back there going. Back me up, Dad. But you're a new creature. Thayer's definition of mortify is to make dead. To put to death, to deprive of power, destroy the strength of. Can I ask you a question? If you're holding on to something that you know is not right, how can you get away from the power of that? I don't know why I'm sticking on this for a minute, but this is where we're at for right now. You need to understand, you need to realize that it is your responsibility, not your mama's, not your daddy's. It's your responsibility to get yourself to heaven. And the devil would like you to make you think that mom and dad are the big bad dudes. They don't understand, they don't know, they don't understand. Can I tell you, they were teenagers once. I know it's hard to believe. I was a teenager once. I know it's hard to believe, but I was. They know. We know. We've been some places. We've we've experienced some things. And you've got to be diligent. You've got to be diligent. Let's lift our hands. The Holy Ghost is trying to talk to some young people here tonight. Let the Holy Ghost deal with you. Let him do it. Let him minister to you. We're not playing games, young people. We're not playing games. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Oh, but Brother Nelson, I'm not old enough to do anything. Yes, you are. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. Tell him, God, hey, I want to mortify the deeds of my body, God. I've, I've let some things creep in, God. I need to let them go. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I like what Paul had to say in his letter to the church in Galatia. And in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, I'll read it to you in the New Living Translation. It says, as for me, may I never boast about anything else, anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interests in this world has been crucified. And the world's interests in me has also died. My interest in my old lifestyle died. Do I still drive a car? Yes. Do I still have electricity? Yes. I've got indoor plumbing. I've got a refrigerator. <laughs> you can tell I've got a refrigerator. I've got two. But when it comes to the carnal things and spiritual things, that's a whole different ball of wax. That's a whole different ball of wax. See, we're walking in newness of life, and I don't want to bring old lifestyle into my newness of life. I don't want that to hinder that at all. Romans 6 and 18 18 through 21 says, Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I love that. Servants of righteousness. Man, talk about a deal. Ain't no servant. I'm just glad to be here. Servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity, weakness, or feebleness of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. He says in verse 21, What profit or what profit had ye in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. What things? The works of the flesh. Verses 23 says, But now being made free from sin. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness. And the end, everlasting life. There's our goal. There's our goal, everlasting life. Verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. I want to read you Matthew Henry's commentary of that scripture. I like what he had to say about this. He said, the surest evidence of our spiritual life is the dedication of ourselves to God. Did you get that? The surest evidence of our spiritual life is the dedication of ourselves to God. And though the powers and faculties of the soul be the immediate subjects of holiness and righteousness, yet the members of the body are to be instruments the members of the body are to be instruments. The body must be always, always ready to serve the soul in the service of God. 
Thus Romans 6 and 19, yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. Let them be under the conduct. Let them be under the conduct. Your members, let them be under the conduct and at the command of the righteous law of God and that principle of inherent righteousness which is the spirit as sanctifier plants in the soul. Actions speak louder than words. Getting back to what we talked about earlier when I first started this message, talking about people, you spend time with them and you say, they say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. But their actions don't back up what their words just said, Brother Goff. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be hateful or critical. But you see, I, you got to understand, I once, didn't, I once was lost. I once was blind. And, and if I was somebody looking for answers, I probably would have went to that individual that claimed to be a Christian. And, and I did, and asked them questions, Brother Goff. And they were in the same boat I was in. Lost and undone. They weren't walking in that newness of life. Galatians chapter 3 verse 27, New Living Translation says, And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ. Like putting on new clothes. Whew. The newness of life equals. Newness of life equals being born again. Mm. I love this here. John chapter 3. Boy, this gets my motor going. John chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And Jesus answered Nicodemus and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. End of story. Except a man be born again, he can, that's Jesus talking. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? How can I do that? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto them, Ye must be born again. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ye must be born again. Born again. When a baby is born, what's a term we use when we see that baby a lot of times? Oh, Gucci, Gucci, go. That's a, what? That's just a newborn baby. That's just a, a newborn baby. You look in the eyes of that little newborn baby, and you, as a parent especially, you can just, you, your mind begins to wonder what, wonder what his voice will be like, wonder what he'll be interested in, or she'll be interested in, or. She's just a, it's just an empty canvas, a newborn baby. And that's the way it is when, when you're born again. God gives you a clean slate. Thank you, Jesus. Because my slate needed cleaned. Whoo! If God has a computer, he was hitting refresh. <laughs> when he was wiping out my 
my slate. He's, we got to hit refresh again. There's some more. Hallelujah. So if you're listening here tonight or online and you need this new life, my suggestion to you is let's turn to the Bible in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. There's one body and one spirit is you called and one hope you're calling. One Lord, one faith. How many? One baptism. One God, Father of all, who's above all, through all, and in you all. First thing we got to understand that the Bible lets us to know that there's one baptism. Acts 2.37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto them, Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for their mission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as of our Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did they testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Hallelujah. Let's all stand here tonight. Hallelujah. And come on to the music. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Talking about newness of life. Hallelujah. Walking in the newness of life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, except you be born of water in the Spirit. You cannot, cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, I thank you for this new life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, God, hey, 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 God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for the revelation of knowing who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know I'm speaking to a lot of home folk here tonight, but I want to invite you to come on up to the front. Hallelujah. Hey. And I want to admonish these young people tonight. I want you... I want you to have a conversation with him tonight. Tell him, say, God, I want you to know I do, I do want to walk in that newness of life, God. Oh, yes, I do, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah.